I don't know about you, but I'm not keen on the word sales. <laughs> but you know, these days we sell without selling. But what is the art of selling without selling? Welcome to the different mindset and wonderfully engaging storytelling of Craig Allen, who in this episode will open the door for you on that art of selling without selling. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. This is Tricia Lewis, your host. I speak to loads of fascinating individuals who've built their own businesses or just have loads of experience and story to share. You'll get tips, insights, motivated. I'm going to desperately try not to put on a ridiculous Scottish accent during this episode, um, but I tend to. It's the actor in me. Um, I'm going to speak to somebody called Craig Allen, who is based somewhere near Edinburgh. And uh, he, yeah, to be honest, if you don't want to even want to learn anything during this episode, I just advise you stay tuned and just soak in the beautiful honey-like vibes of this guest's voice. I have heard people say, it doesn't really matter what he says, I just love listening to him. So let's go with that. So hello, Craig. Oh, hashtag embarrassed. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Thank um, you very much for such a beautiful introduction. Okay, see listeners already. I can, I, yeah. So here we go. What are you going to learn from Craig? Uh, loads. Let's just put out the three things that he told me quite like talking about people, leadership and sales. Well, if you're not interested in any of those, then yeah, go for a jog around the block. But I think you will be. And I think we're going to debunk a few myths, which I think is very important in the sales and leadership sphere. And I think you're going to want to listen to somebody who's got nearly 40 years of experience in all of this, particularly helping tech companies. Um, but, you know, he just knows his stuff. His company is called Different Mindset Limited. Um, but he also has this other name that he's known as. And I want to start with this, Craig. It's the Black Knight. Yes, indeed. Tell well, us I'm... the story. Well, I love the story, too, because, uh, well, one is I hope it. Uh, but also because the Black Knight, if you Google the Black Knight, it's always been, a, 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 he's always been a baddie. He's always been a real negative influence. And if you think of the Black Knight and the famous Monty Python sketch, then, then he, he was a pretty bad dude. And I aim to completely debunk that and show that the Black Knight isn't a bad dude. He's a great guy. Uh, and the reason it came about was my... My nephew is a, a, a designer, a graphic designer. And when I was launching Different Mindset, I asked him, would you come up with some logo ideas for me? And he looked at what my business was about, i.e. the strategy and you know, the, the management, sales, leadership, business growth, et cetera, et cetera. And he came up and focused on the strategy and thought chess is a game of strategy. Therefore, what do you think of this? And originally, he gave me a white knight. And uh, I said, can we take the white knight and put it in the middle of the logo? 
because he had a side and can you make it a black knight and you know, uh, play about with it, which he did. So the, the black knight uh, brand actually followed on from the black knight in the logo. And I, I once got asked exactly the same question, which is why the black knight uh, and what's his story? And the, the fact is that the Black Knight's story is that he, if you think about the knight's role in the, the ancient castles of old, then after the castle walls, which would be the rooks in a chess game, then the knight comes next because he's the next protector should the, the walls be breached. And, and he sits high on a, a, a majestic horse and gives him a better view across the battlefield so that he can see where the trouble spots are arising and he can quickly get to them uh, much quicker than he could do where he's on foot. Uh, so, and, and he moves differently. The chess knight moves differently from all the other knights on, on the board. Uh, and it's the only one, for instance, when he, each time he moves, he lands on a different colored square. So he, he's, he's difficult to, 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 to gauge and to copy and to, uh, and to follow. Uh, and, uh, but also he's difficult to control and difficult to, uh, to manipulate. And, and he can make moves that even the queen can't make. So very, very powerful chess piece. And of course, the chess piece is based on the ancient knights of old. So, so that was really where it came from. And I, I just like the idea that the chess knight, the black chess knight, can, can be identified as one of the good guys. And, and that's what the entire brand is about. Uh, and I like to go out my way to try and help people. I like to help businesses. And, and, and the Black Knight is a great tool for me to be able to achieve that. And there you go. Welcome to the Black Knight. Oh. Storytelling is also one of Craig's um, uh, skills, by the way, listeners, so stay tuned. <clears throat> I, I love that. I love that story. I also, um, for anyone listening to this who hasn't got any visual at all, um, Craig, I'm going to have to mention this, Craig, sorry. It is very personal, uh, but there's something about you and your physique, your 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 appearance. I just need listeners to understand because you just told that story. So Craig, actually, to be fair, I've only ever seen him from his uh, shoulders upwards. I've no idea. Thank goodness. <laughs> but, but, but based on that, you wouldn't say he was like a petite little chap. Um, and he's most importantly got this hugely luxurious beard and and what well, beard moustache the, the lot isn't it and but not a huge amount of top of the head hair so giving this rather I don't know sort of uh, I don't know I, Brian Blessed just came to mind and I have no idea why in some kind of Shakespearean drama I I don't know I, I I'm, I'm all over the place with this but what I've got is a picture of you on that horse good <laughs> that, that's 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 great, and and with regards to my hair, it's 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 not that I'm losing it; it's just that I'm still growing up through it. 
I, seriously, genuinely, that idea of, of taking a position where you can see trouble before it starts, of making slightly different tricksy moves so that you can't be manipulated. I love all that. I love all that. I, I'm a real fan of finding connections between things. So what you've just done appeals to me hugely. And for all of us, when we're thinking about our branding, um, there's a little lesson in there or two. Think of some story. Think of you. Think of your difference. Think of something that's going to stick in people's mind. I was listening to um, a story by a company called Yellow Tuxedo recently, um, who are great digital visibility consultants, whatever. They're lovely, two individuals. And the story of that name, Yellow Tuxedo, was basically nothing to do uh, originally with digital visibility. Um, but yes, it made sense when they told me the story. So I rather like that. So there's, there's lesson number one, don't be bland with your branding. Don't be bland with your branding. Would you agree, Craig? I 100%, yes. Yes. So now we've got that fabulous story out of the way. I mentioned to the listeners that you've got nearly 40 years experience. Uh, so they know also that you're not, you know, fresh out of college um but you started when i was three <laughs> well in this mass of experience let's just focus in on the word sales okay because i think that's the one that's going to particularly grab the attention of the listeners because it's got so much going on in that one word. I mean, I go back a long time as well. So I go back to the time where, you know, you just kind of bombarded people with sales messages. You, you didn't do any of this kind of, oh, let's tell a story. Oh, let's start with why. Oh, let's think of their pain points. It just, just didn't exist. Um, and there was a lot of manipulative stuff going on, a lot of, you know, influence tricks and all sorts. Um, and you had to be a certain kind of person to do sales. You had to be very out there and extrovert. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff that we've thankfully moved on from. And yet over all these years, and you will have seen so many changes, have we really got a grasp of what selling is? It's a big, profound question, Craig. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I, I can only speak from my own experience. I, I before I moved into IT, it was twenty-five years ago. I spent ten or fifteen years before that working in the private healthcare sector with the giant UK-based private medical insurance company PPP. We became part of AXA Group. Uh, now, PPP's training at the time was world-class for salespeople and business development and business management because they only had a, a handful of so-called salespeople who had to manage vast territories. So you were trained into business management, you were trained into people management, you were, you were trained into relationship building and a method what they call structured selling. Uh, now, you, you never hear anyone talk about that now, but Effectively, structured selling was based around building relationships. Can, can you just can you just repeat what it was called? Eco structured. Uh, no, it's uh, structured selling. Structured selling, right? Okay, yeah. go for it. And, yeah, and, and it just meant that there was a there was a set structure to the, what the sales process actually was, and none of it involved selling. It was all about building the relationship, and and you know you hear a lot of the sales gurus on 
on LinkedIn now, and they, and they talk about the no like trust. Well, you know, I was getting trained into that, you know, 35, 40 years ago. Uh, it, it was it, it was a real new world leading concept at the time, and and it stuck with me throughout my my, my life career, and to the extent that around 30 years ago, I decided to write, this is before the days of like, LinkedIn and computing, uh, but I had written in a, in a book my, my views on selling. And, and it was based on my training from PPP. Uh, but then also, uh, one of the things you might not know about me is that I was a professional martial artist as a young man. So I, I fought for the Scottish team and I fought internationally. Uh, and, and, and so I was very heavily into martial arts. And of course, like any martial artist in the, in the 70s, then my idol was Bruce Lee. And one of Bruce Lee's movies called Enter the Dragon sees our hero on a Chinese junk sailing across the ocean to the evil Mr. Han's island for a, for a, a tournament. And whilst on the ship, there's a bully on the ship called Parsons, who's a New Zealander. And he's, he's pushing about this, the young Chinese kids, and, uh, spilling their buckets of water and whatnot. And eventually he comes up to our hero and he says to him, what is your style? And Bruce Lee ponders it for a second before answering, my style is the art of fighting without fighting. So with my martial arts background and then my exceptional training into sales through PPP, I slowly but surely put my own personality onto my own selling style, which I called, following that movie, The Art of Selling Without Selling. And I wrote an article, well, I, I wrote this in a book and I put it into a structure. Uh, as I say, 30 years ago, probably. And then about 10 years ago, eight, 10 years ago, I then created it as a, a post on LinkedIn. So you know, if you want to see it, go to my LinkedIn profile and into my featured items and scroll along and you'll see what my thinking on uh, uh, the art of selling without selling is. And, just, just let me recap because I love this. I love the whole. You see, this is so rich, and this is what we should all be doing: is is really exploring stories and stuff from our past. And I, I'm forever trying to help people really, um, you know, sort of dive down into the treasure chests that they've got, sort of at yeah, the, yeah, no. you know, at the deep levels of their previous lives and all. Not previous lives. That's getting a bit spiritual there, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. And so. And then love of particular films and books. And all of this is relevant. All of this is relevant, listeners. So when you said Bruce Lee, and I've got to admit, I can't remember. I'm sure I must have seen Enter the Dragon, but it's gone momentarily, the entire plot. Um, is it? Did you say he said, my style is the art of fighting without fighting? Yes, exactly. Yes, so you have literally, that's brilliant. I love it, I love it, I love it. The art of selling without selling. Okay, excellent. So the art of selling without selling, right. Now, I, I think people will get that. I think what we, I, I love the fact that you have brought up that this no like trust thing is not some great new 
<laughs> new magic idea. And the, do you know what, Craig? I think there's another lesson in that. I think we are bombarded with pressures to come up with shiny new stuff, which in this day and age is utterly utterly ridiculous to put as a pressure on us because you're not going to you can make up a new word like I have you know unsquashing and you know all that stuff fine and that and that does speak to me and my personality and and a slightly different perspective on things like imposter syndrome of course it does but ultimately you're not going to you know come up with something that nobody's ever heard of so so I think it's 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 a good little lesson to realize that this no like trust thing is old hat um but maybe it got lost at various places and maybe therefore people have sort of brought it back to life which gives it this sense that it's it's the new way of doing things i i love i love that that we just leave that hanging there as a great little reminder but what is okay it's gonna be a great question you'll love this so craig so craig <clears throat> What is the art of selling without selling? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you asked because in, in my training, uh, my early training, uh, my tutor and mentor uh, and, and, and one of the first leaders I ever met in my life uh, of people I would consider a leader, then uh, he, he used to train us into a method called five bums and a rugby goal. Which I think you've heard before, because five I bums. I'd, so, so I, I know it sounds, Craig, like I am literally translating for some of the listeners, yeah. but in a certain way, that is exactly what. I'm doing. Well, five, five, five bums. bums, five bums. I love the way you say it. Let's well, just say it again. Five bums, five, five bums, five and a bums rugby, and a rugby goal, and, and, and it's a rugby a, goal, and it's just designed to remind us. The selling process is based on asking questions, not on giving answers. You know, it, just, just explain to listeners how that works with that particular image, which they've now got in their head of rugby players' backsides, which is awkward. Um, just explain. Well, if you think that uh, a, a backside is shaped like a W. A W, yeah. So, so five Ws uh, are the reminder of who, what, when, where, why. And, and the rugby goal is the how. So they are all open questions, meaning that they're used to, to collect information from your client. Brilliant. And, yeah. and the, the answer, the direct answer to your question is that by using five bums and a rugby goal, then you, you can take your client on a path that they decide and all you do is, as they walk down that path, you're flicking on a streetlight for them to see so they can find their way. Uh, and, and for me, that's what selling is about. It should be completely invisible, uh, imperceptible, and, and there, sh there should never be any awareness that there is a sales process going on. It's, it's all about collecting information and allowing the client to, to use their own information and their own answers to define the direction of how the sale will go. Yes. So in it, so in to use sort of 
you know, slightly cliche speech, but it, you're kind of empowering the client, which is what coaches should be doing, which, which is a general, which is what even parents should be doing, which presumably is what leaders should be doing as well. Um, it's mm. because you've got, and teachers, because you've got to bring them in with you and maybe even politicians. And I don't know how far we could go with this, but actually now I've brought politicians into the picture, which I really wish I hadn't, but I have. Um, <laughs> Wendy, you've you've got lovely you've got lovely things in Scotland. You've got a lovely modern building and and all sorts. And it's all so much nicer in Scotland. Um, but listen seriously, there might now be listeners saying, "Oh, God, this is all very well. I know that's the way to do it. That sounds good, doesn't it? You just you don't do the obvious sales stuff. You just you know, but." But, but isn't that a bit fluffy? I've got to get on with it. Otherwise, I'll be like three years down the line doing all this lovely relationship building stuff and I won't have made a ruddy sale. So just... just Again, that comes down to, to coaching and it comes down to how good the questions you ask are. Your questions should be designed to, to, to create a thought process in your client's mind. Uh, they need to come up with it themselves, but you can certainly influence that by the quality of the questions that you ask. Yes, absolutely. The quality of the questions you ask. Um, and, and I guess also it's having that you are, this is a conscious process. It's not like you're just sort of sitting around over coffee, chit chat. It, it, Although the, the general impression is a non-salesy, non-pushy, non-manipulative, uh, very genuine way of communicating. And, and it is genuine, but it's genuine with some conscious processes that you are uh, using, which is, which is the same way I talk about getting the strong, warm balance when you communicate. And, you know, being you and all those other things that you do when you're communicating. And I keep coming back to the fact, yeah, but it is a conscious process. Listening is a conscious process. You know, it's not just that's what we do. So so in this sense of asking the right questions, um, empowering them on their journey, switching on the light bulbs as they go along the uh, the street, the street lamps. Actually, you don't get light bulbs in a street. I apologise for that. Um, and and influencing their thought. This is great. This is great. But you're not just letting them wander around while you wander. You're not just, in other words, to use the metaphor continuously, saying when they say, oh, I think I'll just go over there. There's a nice little bench there. Sit there for a while. You're not actually saying, oh, yeah, I'll come with you and put the light on over the bench. The, the one thing that I, I find that people love being made to do subconsciously is they think about what they want and what they currently have. And this, this style, this technique does exactly that. It, it encourages the, the prospective client to think about what they currently have, and then they themselves begin to identify what's different about what they have and what you're offering. And, the, and, and again, as I say, by asking the right questions, and if you know your, your services and your products, then you should have these questions indoctrinated into your mindset. Then 
then when you ask them, it, it causes the client to, to think about what, what they want and what they have before they answer the question. Mm. And each time they answer a question, if you're getting it right, then they're just taking a further step of that down the path to put another light on. Mm. And eventually, because the path is much brighter for them, they reach the destination that they have chosen. You've not sold anything to them. They're never aware of the fact that it's a process. Uh, the simple thing is it's about great communication and it's about building this, this trust. And, and you know, you've already got past the no and like stage because now they're, because of the way you're handling the conversation, which is what it is, then they really trust your input. And quite often they'll ask you questions uh, and that, that's your time to explain how, how you might approach something, but it's also a key for you to then answer their question with a question that makes them think more deeply about what the question is and, and what it is that they want from the answer. Uh, it's, it's very technical but, and very clever, but uh, you, you and I have, have a, a great friend in Joe White, and Joe White does exactly that. And she's one of the best sales trainers I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, she's uh, a superb trainer and she 100% she buys into the no like trust. She's fully familiar with the five bums in a rugby goal. Uh, and she's passionate about selling. And anybody that, that's good at selling should be passionate about it because it's a magical, magical art. Mm. Yeah, abs yes, absolutely. I okay, that, that is just fabulous. I love all the stuff about questions because I also go on about curiosity. It it's a it's a little simple trick that I suggest people use when they're feeling a bit self-conscious and uh I don't know, in crowds of people, or you, you've got to make what people call small talk, and oh, that's often at networking, people don't like it, etc. etc. So good. Um, as it ask questions because um that people love talking about themselves generally which is fine nothing wrong with that and so you ask the question they believe that you're the best listener um you're the best conversationalist you're you're they remember you because simply really because they've been talking but they're talking mm. because you asked them the question and also as they start to sort of unravel a bit about the question you've asked as you say um that they're likely to ask you a question say actually do you feel like that too or whatever or thinking about it has that ever happened yeah and then you've got a chance and then you oh this is how it works and I can't believe that there were training companies out there at some stage I hope they don't still exist that would sort of almost give lists of questions that salespeople should ask um that you had to check off and and if it didn't go in the right order you have to start I, I can, again or something i can remember a company that i worked for when i first came out of school well after i finished my apprenticeship and uh, when i started with them they gave me a four pages again pre-computer based four pages of foolscap paper with a printed presentation script on it it was a scripted presentation uh, memorize that then go and speak to customers and learn that parrot fashion, and you will sell to everyone. And I lasted for about 
oh, at least three minutes in that place. Uh, it, it was just horrendous and, and, and really quite, it, it felt like I'd taken a step back, you know, 80 or 100 years in, in, in time. Uh, it was so old fashioned. And, and, and even at that stage when I hadn't been trained, I could see that this just wasn't me. You know, I, I'm actually, I'm not a group person. I don't like being in large networking groups. Uh, I'm quite introverted in that regard, which is why this method of selling works for me because I'm able to do what I'm good at. I can ask questions that allow a customer to talk for minutes at a time where they can see that I'm actively listening and taking notes. And then I'm able to go back and say, well, you mentioned such and such. Can you just elaborate on that a bit for me more? Uh, and, 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 and you're demonstrating active listening. So you know, the, the trust builds up very, very quickly if you get the opportunity. Oh, you, one, oh, it's so, 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 oh, everything I love. So um, <clears throat> I actually talk about listening. Let's finish with a story, okay? Because you're so good at this. Right, so I can't remember whether you told me this directly or whether it was on LinkedIn or what now. I've, I've, I've lost track. I'm just, I'm just awash with your glorious stories, Craig. But it involved um, Lou Rolls. Yes, I mean, and for and for those older people, that's not Lou Rolls the singer. I think there was no. a singer because, yeah, <laughs> very, very good though he was. <laughs> yeah, toilet rolls. Okay, now there, there's a lesson in this story, listeners. So just just settle down, come around the campfire, get a nice cup of hot chocolate, and listen to this story. This story I've adapted as a business story. It was actually a joke when I heard it, you know, 40 years ago or so. And, and it tells the story of a, a young salesperson whose first sales job is with the giant toothpaste manufacturer, Colgate. And after his initial training, he is given the task of selling Colgate toothpaste for the first time in their history to a small general merchant store on one of the small islands in the Outer Hebrides. So he books his appointment with the shop owner. He spends hours traveling to the, the uh, north of Scotland, and then he gets a ferry across onto the island where he meets the shop's owner. And confidently he introduces himself to say, you know, I'm from Colgate, I'm here to sell you toothpaste. But the shop owner stops him in his tracks and says to him, before you go any further, let me show you something. And he takes him out the back of the shop and he's amazed that there's this gigantic aircraft hangar, pardon me, out the back of the shop. So the shop owner opens the hangar up and when he goes into it, the young salesman is shocked and amazed to see that the hangar is filled from top to bottom, front to back, side to side, with streaks of toilet roll. And confused, he turns to the shop owner and he said, but look, you don't understand. I'm here from Kogi. I'm here to sell you toothpaste. At which point the shop owner says to him, no son, 
you don't understand. If I can't get the people on the island to wipe their backsides, then how the hell am I going to get them to brush their teeth? <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on the moral and all the rest of it. Well, the, the, the way I finished that as is, is, is saying to my prospective clients is that, you know, if you'd like to have your salespeople know how to handle a scenario like that, then get in touch and I'll help you. Uh, and, and, and that's effectively it. But you came, you actually commented on that, yeah. on that story uh, and you, you took it to heart and said, what I would do, right, was I would uh, train the people on the island that if they've got fresh breath, that their love life will be better. And if your love life's going to be better, you're going to need a nice shiny new bum. <laughs> uh, so, buy, so buy the bog roll, I think was the moral of the story. And I thought that was excellent. So congratulations. Thank you. You won. Thank you. I was quite pleased with that. It, to me, it's a story. Listen, story, the power of story. I know it's another, it's become another cliche, but for goodness sakes, it's not a cliche. It's true. It's for real. Okay, story is really powerful. You, I bet you, listeners, you saw that. He, Craig told that story so beautifully. You saw the journey. You saw the island. You saw the little shop. You saw the hanger out the back. You saw all those loo rolls. Uh, you saw this bewildered looking salesman with his little bag of toothpaste. <laughs> I just love it. I absolutely love it. My father actually started off his career as a soap salesman, um, which was like the original, you know, sort of for Unilever or whatever. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I wish he told me more stories. Uh, he, he ended up I, he ended up being chairman of Bird's Eye Frozen Food. So that was quite a meteor, meteorological, that's not the right word, quite a big climb. Yeah. But, you know, he also wanted to be a journalist when he when he was young. And I think his general sense of storytelling, more than I ever realised as I was growing up, I mean, he was my dad and, and I never saw him, you know, um, he was busy. Um, but I think he probably used, thinking about it, I've heard, I heard a couple of his speeches and he was really good at storytelling. It, it's, it's just, it's a, just such a powerful tool. And listen, we didn't, we didn't get into leadership, but... Um, but maybe you can come back at some stage and talk about that, because I think within what you've actually talked about, I think a lot of it would actually um, go over into the leadership stuff anyway, wouldn't it? In terms of the listening and the, and the relationship building and the sort of empowering your people to go on that journey rather than you shoving them down the road. Yeah, possibly. I, I see leaders as machete builders. You know, say that again. Leaders. Machete. Did you yeah, say machete? They, Did yeah. you use the word machete on my podcast? They, they, they are their, their machete wielders who are cutting a path for their teams to, to lower the resistance for their teams to reach their goals. Uh, create vision, they motivate, they inspire. Uh, and above all, they genuinely care. Leadership is a, a real art form and, and it's not something that you get promoted into or or that you you, you, you know you're born with uh, leadership is coached and, and it's coached over a long period of time to get people to realize that they 
are there to uh, share the successes of our team, but then to take the sole responsibility when the team fails. That's leadership. Completely different from management. Management is a different thing altogether. Absolutely. Now, we're, we're going to leave that hanging because actually people might want to get in touch and have a chat with you about all of that. So you particularly work with tech companies, don't you? Yes. OK, cool. So any tech companies out there or, or just any people who actually just want to build a fabulous I, rapport with we Go on. Yeah, well, I, I actually launched Different Mindset on the 1st of January 2020 with a view to helping small and medium businesses. There we go. Whatever they might be and wherever they might be. There uh, we go. And, and it was only towards the end of 2020 that I found that most of my inquiries were coming from the, the tech industry, which is where I have a, a, a vast amount of experience. So that, that's why. But I'll help anybody. If they, yeah, yeah, if we'll help. It. We'll help anybody out there. Yeah. Anybody. Come on. Come on in. Right. <laughs> so where, where, where do you want people? Is it LinkedIn that you probably like people to connect with you there or yeah uh, you, you know you have a website uh, which is uh, different hyphen mindset.co.uk uh, or linkedin is probably the easiest place to find me i'm a fairly high profile on linkedin these days so uh, i'm not i'm not difficult to find do they do they knock twice and say they know trisha lewis that'd be fantastic that would get them uh, uh, bonus points yeah exactly i thought so brilliant oh. well you see the thing is listeners that i only know craig because i did a similar thing <laughs> so i knocked twice and said i know john asperian or i think john asperian did it for me um and and various other people that craig knew that were mutual connections and this is how it works this is how linkedin works you don't just sit there and expect it to work oh You'll get told off if you do that. So um, this was fabulous. I could I could sit and chat with you all day. How's it going? You're you're outside Edinburgh, aren't you? You're not right in. Yes, I'm actually in Fife, which is north of Edinburgh, across the other side of the River Forth. God's country, we call it. Oh, oh. It's called, It's actually it's actually called the Kingdom of Fife. The Kingdom, uh, which yeah. is you on, on your horse and everything. Oh my God. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, don't get me started on talking about Scotland and stuff. I mean, I've only been to Edinburgh, so I would be quite a limited conversation. <laughs> but well, I love well, it. Well, there's a glass of wine with your name on it, ready for you anything oh, you come up. So. Tempting, very tempting. <laughs> okay, get those borders open. Right, I'm on, I'm coming on my horse. <laughs> Actually, I'm allergic <laughs> to horses, I've just remembered. Blow it. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> the picture was good. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, Craig. Thank you. Not at all. I loved it. Thank you very yes! much. Take action. Try this one small step. Work on your five bums and a rugby post. Your questions that will lead your prospective client to a place where they themselves make the decision that they'd like to invest in what you have. So the who, the why, the what, the where, the when, and of course, the how. Let's make it real. There's a whole lot of things that hold us back. I call them the fibs, fears, illusions, and baggage. And if you head over to my website, trishalewis.com, there's three folders on the homepage that you can open up and they lead you into a 
ton of resources about those topics. Free books, references, other books. Oh, and by the way, while you're there, check out my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self. And sign up for the fortnightly email so you never miss a podcast episode and you get all sorts of extras. I'm already looking forward to the next episode, but don't forget to check out the past episodes. They're an absolute treasure trove. It's time for tea.